0: Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference.
1: The last couple days we've been swimming in the deep end of Isaiah chapter 7 And we talked about a key verse related to the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. If you missed those two podcasts, you should go back and listen to them because there's a lot of rich stuff in them, but you have to keep your thinking cap on. Today, hopefully, we're coming a little bit more to the surface. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 8. And as Isaiah predicted in chapter 7, the Assyrians are going to wipe out Syria and the northern kingdom of Israel and. Judah as well. And this kind of reveals the folly of Ahaz, who tried to make a pact with Assyria so that he could be protected from the northern kingdom and Syria. But that's going nowhere because Assyria is going to wipe them all out. And this is how the Lord describes it in chapter eight, or how Isaiah, speaking for the Lord, describes it. Therefore, behold, the Lord is bringing up against them the waters of the river, mighty and many, the king of Assyria, and all his glory. That's chapter 8, verse 7. And it goes on to foretell exactly what's going to go down, that they're going to be wiped out, both houses of Israel, it'll say later on. Yet there's a promise in 9 and 10. It says, Be broken, you peoples, and be shattered. Give ear All you far countries, strap on your armor and be shattered. Strap on your armor and be shattered. Take counsel together, but it will come to nothing. Speak a word, but it will not stand for God is with us. And this is a promise of God for his remnant. It's very interesting. On one hand, he's going to use Assyria to punish Judah, to punish Israel for their sin. But he's also going to make sure that those nations that are being used as his instruments of discipline and rebuke, do not stand. So in other words, you may be big Assyria and you can strap on your armor and you can take counsel, but ultimately in the long run, this isn't going to come to anything. In the long run, you're not going to prevail. I'm just using you right now to punish my people Israel and really to divide the people who are serious about being faithful to me, a remnant, from the people who aren't so that the redemptive plan of God that moves forward toward Christ and eventually makes God's salvation available to the world because of Jesus Christ, so that it can go forward according to his plan. Let's look at chapter 8, verses 11 through 15. For the Lord spoke thus to me, with his strong hand upon me and warned me not to walk in the way of this people saying do not call conspiracy all that the people calls conspiracy and do not fear what they fear nor be in dread but the lord of hosts him you shall honor as holy let him be your fear let him be your dread And he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and many shall stumble upon it. They shall fall and be broken. They shall be snared and taken. So here we're starting to distinguish between the people who will stay faithful, the remnant of God's people, and the people who will continue in their unfaithfulness. And God is the same God. But he fills a different role to each of them. For the people who are the remnant, God is going to be a sanctuary. He's going to protect them. And when this all goes down, it describes Assyria as, you know, taking over the land like floodwaters. It's going to be terrible. They're going to waylay people. And when that happens, God will be a sanctuary to those who truly fear him. But to those who don't and to those who want to stay in their unfaithfulness, the same God is going to be a stumbling block. Verse 16 And through 18, kind of separate the remnant of faithful from verses 19 through 22, which talks about the the unfaithful. Let's go there. Bind up the testimony. Seal the teaching among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are signs and portents in Israel, from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. So these people who are part of the remnant, part of the small group who will, through this rebuke, turn back to God or maintain their faithfulness to God, they're going to wait on the Lord. They're going to put their hope in him. But verses 19 through 22, these are going to be the folks that do the opposite. And when you And when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? In other words, when this is all going down, you're going to mediums and necromancers to find out, you know, to understand the times and understand what we should do. Instead of going to talk to these fortune tellers and these pagan, you know, spiritual influencers, don't do that. Rather, shouldn't people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? To the teaching and to the testimony. That's what they should inquire to. If they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God and turn their faces upward And they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. So here's a real clear distinction between the people who are going to be faithful, the people who aren't going to be faithful, the remnant, the people who aren't the remnant. And this is one of Isaiah's main goals here, main roles, as he's been commissioned by God to be a spokesperson on God's behalf, to declare the truth of the Lord, to call people out for their sin, to call them to repentance and to warn them what's going to happen if they go this way or that. Now, what's really interesting, and we're going to get to it tomorrow, is Isaiah 9 comes right after all this. And Isaiah 9 is the announcement again of the Messiah, a passage you're very familiar with. And so God is carrying out his discipline, his judgment against his people who have been unfaithful, but through it all, as harsh as it gets, even though he's going to let the Assyrians cover the land like water and steamroll these guys, in his mind, in the front of his mind, is always moving toward this time when he will forever and finally deal with this problem of sin and unfaithfulness by bringing his son Jesus who will live a perfect life, not be unfaithful, not be sinful, die on the cross, paying the penalty for sin, rise again, defeating sin, death, and the power of the devil, so people who trust in him could have that righteousness, could be released and delivered from that unfaithfulness, and be part of his kingdom forever. Awesome, awesome stuff in Isaiah.
0: The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry.